okay so say somebody applies for this they they get a loan does it matter kind of how high that loan is or like the credit card balance is it how much they use is it that they're paying it off every month what are some of the kind of things that add to the credibility of the credit rating so the some of the things that adds to that is uh, paying it on time, obviously, not so much that you have to pay it off every month, but paying it on time, because with business credit, if you're uh, proving that track record or history that you're paying and able to pay that uh, whatever balance or amount is monthly, then they will actually start giving you 10 times the amount of credit that you could get on a personal side, because Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Todd. Todd, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Awesome. So give us a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Uh, my name is Todd Miller. I'm a regional managing partner for a company of, called Jay Galt. Uh, here located here in Meridian, Idaho, but I work nationally throughout the U.S. Nice. And what does Jay Galt do? Jay Galt helps business owners build business credit all on their EIN. <laughs> cool. Okay. So for those that don't know what an EIN is, what's an EIN? An employer identification number or your taxpayer ID. The last time that you were happy to get something in the mail from the IRS. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. So we will get into all of what that means in a second, but let's back up the bus a bit. How did you get into this as a profession? Well, you know, I had my own business back about uh, 25 years ago and um, had to close the door because I couldn't keep the doors open to keep the employees uh, attending and found out the hard lesson of business ownership that uh, just because the doors were closed, that business debt comes crashing down on your personal finances. So um, that's how I ended up at Jay Galt. Ouch. So give everybody an understanding of kind of what happens because a lot of people think the entire point of having an LLC is that the, the debt is contained within that LLC and that it is an entity and it is responsible for the debt. So how does then an individual become responsible for that debt? You know, it's pretty sad, but um, most business owners are hoodwinked or taught that, hey, you know, uh, get this business credit card. And, you know, when they're filling it out, the bank, uh, no fault of their own, try to mitigate risk and damages, says, you know, go ahead and give me your uh, social security number. And then if they look at their business credit card, it's got their personal name on there, which means it's uh, reporting to their personal credit and piercing their corporate veil. Well, and I would think that that would also affect their personal debt because a typical business card, I'm going to assume, is going to be substantially higher than a personal card would be in the same circumstances. Correct. Yeah. Um, with business credit, you can get up to 10 times the amount that you would get on personal credit. But yeah, uh, most people don't realize that. And that's one of the things that I'll talk to uh, potential members on a almost daily basis, I say, Hey, you know, let's just play along, you know, pull your business credit card out and tell me how it reads. And, you know, if I was asking you, um, most likely it'd say Michelle Nedlick and it'd say uh, awareness strategies below it, which means they asked you to check that little box. <laughs> exactly. Which means it's in your name. <laughs> I hate to break Correct. <laughs> which means Unless it's, it's a... void of someone's name. 
It's in your name. It's uh, reporting on your, uh, showing on your debt to income and it's uh, piercing your corporate veil. So you're now leaving your personal assets liable for your business debts. Well, and I would also assume that from a credit rating point of view, it's also deteriorating your potential. Therefore, if you go to buy a bigger, larger house, that you're not going to be qualifying for it because you have a substantial amount of debt already accessible. Exactly. And most um, customers that I talk to or potential customers that I talk to are up to their neck in personal debt. Uh, and they don't understand why uh, they can't buy a house or can't buy a vehicle just in their business name, even though they've had a business for a long-standing time, because everything's been reporting on your personal credit. And with business credit, uh, 93% of it is not reported. So if you're not doing it intentionally, how do you know what's being reported and not reported? So how do you say it's not reported if it's if it's within your debt? So if you're paying your taxes, you're doing your thing, how is it not reported? Reported to your personal credit, but for business credit, with 93% of it not being reported, you need to build business credit intentionally, knowing who they report to of the three bureaus. So what you're saying is because the credit card is in your personal name, it's not associated with the business per se. Therefore, the business doesn't have, one, access to that credit, and two, doesn't have that um, positive history going on. Correct. Cool. So when, when somebody's kind of looking at their entirety, their, their financial transactions and um, kind of what's going on, let's look at the problems that this creates first, because I think that some people are, let's call it naive or innocent to the fact that <laughs> um, of how banks are looking at their finances as credit ratings, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm paying it off. Therefore, I have a good credit rating which isn't necessarily true either. So let's kind of back up the bus um, and either, well, we can start wherever you want. Either how does the bank do it or what are the problems that people come across? Let's, uh, let's talk about personal credit. Uh, banks do it to uh, mitigate risk of their own. So in case, God forbid, you are one of the 82% um, of the small business owners that fail within the first five to 10 years, they um, don't have any risk because you put your personal assets on the line for your business. Moving forward, most of the issues, problems that we run into with uh, small businesses across the U.S. and I'm sure probably in Canada as well is cash flow issues. Most small businesses run into cash flow issues because they've maximized their uh, personal credit as far as they can go. And so when they hit that lull or that spot where they're really trying to fill that gap, they don't have any cash flow uh, access to cash flow anymore, where if they would have built business credit that's attached only to the uh, in entity, then they'd have that opportunity to fund their business. All right. So it's often been said that the best time to apply for credit is when you don't need it. <laughs> so, um, that if somebody's starting a business, they're not going to get um, credit for that um, because they have to establish client relations. They have to. Do you know how long do they have to be providing positive cash flow in order to get credit in the business name? That's the misnomer right there. Um, okay. You could actually be a startup and start building business credit right right away. You could actually have bad personal credit or have a recent bankruptcy personally. 
-hmm. and build business credit. Because remember, it's not attached to you. It's built on the uh, LLC. So you can get better credit for your business while you're repairing your personal credit. Right. So I'm going to put in a caveat here because I do know that there is a substantial difference between the Canadian systems and the American systems. So let's just talk about the American systems um, because it'll keep the conversation tighter and easier. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so, so how does that work? How does somebody go and apply for business credit when they've just started their business? So you, there again, you got to build it intentionally, Michelle. So um, you got to find out um who they're reporting to and if you can find out what who their what their underwriting criteria are the nice thing about our member journey is we know uh, our lenders and vendors within the credit suite of who they report to their underwriting criteria and uh, you know as our members go through their journey that they're approved before they even click apply wow so a lot of people i think don't understand how the back end system of of credit works. Um, certainly a lot of them don't understand even how the merchant account <laughs> applications work and things like that. Is it the same as, as their merchant account in the back end of that, or is it a different system that the lenders have to go through than a merchant account? Uh, I don't know on the merchant account side. I know on the lender side, uh, there's a company out there called LexisNexis that is one of the biggest, um, collectors of information. They've got 33,000 employees worldwide. And what they do is they collect information uh, for all the lenders and vendors or uh, banks throughout the US. And um, they know everything about your business. Right. So, and what, what are they looking for particularly? There's the uh, 125 uh, data list, uh, point data list that they uh, are researching for the banks. Uh, is your business listed on the 411 database? Do you have a um, physical address that's not uh, your house? Are you using a personal Gmail or Yahoo free email service? It's one of the automatic declines for most business loans right there is they don't consider you a real credible business because you're using a free account. I can, I can, I can, okay, you're going to have to repeat that one again, because I can't tell you how many times I deal with this. So say that one, one more time, if you would. <laughs> one of the automatic denials for uh, small business loans or business loans themselves is using a Gmail, Yahoo, or a free email account. If you're in business, you should be tying that email account back to your website so that you look like a credible business. So for a whopping $30 a year, <laughs> they can get an actual domain and get email addresses off of it and, uh, and set that up. So awesome. And, and I'm assuming too, it's because there, there are a lot of kind of checkpoints that a lot of people don't realize when they set up a domain name, when they do all of these things that there's added kind of credibility there. It's not just that you're paying a bill every year to to have that domain it's that you're actually checking in they know where you're checking in from <laughs> see all, the, all of the fun things that are going on with it um that you're paying for it that you have a credit card you know again all that all these things lead to the credibility of it okay so say somebody's applies for this they they get a loan does it matter kind of how high that loan is or like the credit card balance is it how much they use? Is it that they're paying it off every month? What are some of the 
kind of things that add to the credibility of the credit rating? So the, some of the things that adds to that is uh, paying it on time, obviously, not so much that you have to pay it off every month, but paying it on time. Because with business credit, if you're uh, proving that track record or history that you're paying and able to pay that uh, whatever balance or amount is monthly, then they will actually start giving you 10 times the amount of credit that you could get on a personal side because they know you're running a business and they need to make sure that you have access because let's be honest, the more you use, the more they'll give you. Unlike on personal, the more you use, you get to that 30, 35% debt to income, they start cutting your cards back and start going, oh, well, we need to start uh, making sure we're safe. Right. And do you know why they do that offhand? Why they uh, cut why, your why would they give 10 times more in a business side than they would in a personal side? I mean, it totally makes sense to me, but if you could articulate it for the listeners, that'd be great. So they're going to give you 10 times more amount because they realize that you are a, a business and you're proving that you can um, pay that on time and regularly. Mm -hmm. So they're giving you that because one, they want you to take more money, of course. And two, they understand that for a business, the expenses are 10 times that of a personal. Well, not only that, but that most people will spend personally as a um, luxury items, if you want to put it that way. Whereas with business, it tends to be that you need the cash flow in order to be able to rev up the engines of growth. So you need to be able to buy more equipment, hire more people, do more things in order to be able to create more revenue. And as long as that upcheck is consistent, that being the key word there is, especially with banks, they do not like instantaneous growth. They do not like um, <laughs> sudden expenditures that they weren't planning on. So, which brings me to normally a, a business that has good communication with their bankers can explain these things and find out, kind of mitigate losses and and have some intelligent conversations about how do we do this? Is it feasible to do this? Because if all of a sudden there's a $100,000 piece of machinery that you need, there are other ways to do it on the business than getting going and putting on credit card. Just terrible idea. Don't ever do that. Seeing people do it, it's just a bad idea. Um, to be able to uh, do that. So with, with these, the lenders that you're working with, does somebody have face-to-face -face interactions with them potentially to be able to discuss their business, to be able to understand the growth, or do they have those conversations with you? You know, we have a certified financial analyst that walks each one of our members through our proven seven-step process on building business credit. And, um, you know, moving forward, going into September, um, we're launching a new done-for-you um, member journey versus the uh, members inputting their information into the software portal. Um, and there is talks that they will have a once a month uh, meeting so that they can actually meet with some of the lenders and vendors and have that face-to-face -face conversation, obviously via Zoom, since we've got clients all over the U.S. Face-to-face um, <laughs> -face could be on the right, phone, could be anything right. as long as you're... You know, but you get to ask them questions and, yeah. you know, uh, kind of dig down on what they're looking for or what, hey, I want to... Uh, you gave me a credit limit of 40000 I'd like to get that to 100000 what do I need to do or what's um, this next step? So, you know, giving you access to the lenders, which I can tell you um, from talking to financial advisors throughout the U.S., 
most financial advisors don't even know how to build business credit. And I talked to a gal that works at a, a local bank here in the Pacific Northwest, no clue. So unfortunately, going to your local bank and asking them those questions may not get you the correct answers. So I'm assuming that there's more to this than just getting a, a credit card in your business name and, and building up the credibility. What are some of the other aspects that people need to be looking at in their in their business finances? You know, the first step in the entire process with our members is building that credibility, fundability. So we're basically going through and making sure their uh, business address uh, matches what they filed with Secretary of State. Uh, it's also listed on our website, which you referenced. And, um, you know, one of the uh, ones that most people probably can't understand, especially the younger generation, is your business phone number listed with the 411 database? And you go, wait, the <laughs> go, what? database? <laughs> Come again? Uh, you mean Google? No. Uh, so that's one of those. Yellow automatic... pages is still alive. And what happens right? in underground business for the IRS? How does that no. work? That's one of those that uh, is another one of those automatic denials if you're not listed with a 411 database because they don't consider you to be a credible business. So, you know, we're putting all these data points basically what Okay, so let's back up the bus for one second. What is a 411 <laughs> database? 411 database, for those of you that aren't old enough to remember, is <laughs> where you used to be able to call in and say, hey call Michelle at Awareness Strategies and they would dial the number for you. But that doesn't exist anymore. It does. What? <laughs> what? How? <laughs> okay, it's so still we'll, there, believe it or not. Up the bus a sec. So if I call 411 and I say, hey, can you call Michelle Nedlek? And, and they will actually have that on file? If you've registered with the 411 database. Okay, so I'm assuming that me registering with any telco, you know, Sprint, AT&T, all of those things, it's going to be registered. I'm assuming that we're looking at, you know, <laughs> burner phones and and uh, SIM cards without that are may be unlocked or might be not registered with one of the big, the big boys. Um, if somebody finds themselves in a position, say that they have one of these phones, is it just as easy as going to AT&T and going, hey, can you register me? Yes, registering it as a business line uh, is uh, just will suffice that and going through a business plan on your AT&T, Verizon, you name it. So you have to pay for a business line. Is that the key? Correct. Because here, um, I know I said I wasn't going to do this, but I don't know what the American system is, is a personal line I can pay for, I don't know, 20 bucks a month, whatever, whereas a business line is like $98. So even if I'm paying $250 for my phone plus data plus international calling plus plus plus, it's still an extra $95 to get a business line. So I have to get a business wow. line in order to be able to qualify for the for the um, credit card. Yeah. Well, it's not so much for the credit card. It's just you're checking off one of those data uh, checkpoints that LexisNexis is looking at. Right. Um, if it's not a business line there again, they're just trying to check your credibility and fundability to move you to the next step. Right, which totally makes sense. Um, but it also <laughs> seems kind of odd in that if I have a cell phone and I apply for a business line, is there, do you know if there's any consolation for that, that it's, you know, because once upon a time, 
the reason you paid the $95 for the business line was because you had 20 lines coming into your, <laughs> and you had to truncate and you had to do all these things and they had to come and they had to set up different systems. And, you know, it was actual work back then. <laughs> so right. are they still doing that or is it, is there a different system there? You know, you can actually register with one of the, the three um, companies to that ties it into your uh, cell phone. So it looks like it's a business uh, number. Uh, I don't remember the, the names of them off the top of my head, um, but there's three of them within our credit suite that, you know, we recommend that, hey, you know, instead of if AT&T or Verizon doesn't do it, you can go and register it here and they will link it to your cell phone. So it's not like the old days where we had 20 phone lines and they had to come in and set it up. Because let's be honest, nobody uses a landline anymore. Everybody right. uses like I'm thinking dental offices and lawyer's offices might still use them. Uh, but seriously, like even plumbing companies and things, it's just like, well, why would we have a landline coming in when we can just have a cell phone at the reception and they can run around with the phone and and get it to whoever needs it? So um, it is becoming much more common to not have a landline, even for a business that you would typically think would have a landline. Correct. I agree. Um, but, you know, there again, if you've got a um, brick and mortar uh, office, you mm -hmm. probably want to have a dedicated landline. Obviously, if you're running uh, Internet through there, most time it's got to be plugged in. So, you know, there's your dedicated landline and you could use that as your uh, phone line and fax, which would be a uh, landline. Cool. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients, somebody that's come through, not necessarily rags to riches, but chaos to <laughs> calm or otherwise. Uh, so one of the Cinderella stories that we use a lot is a company out of Ohio. Um, her name's Christine, and she had a trucking company. Uh, came to us, no business credit, wants to grow and scale her trucking company to more than one truck. Um, but was just hitting roadblocks. And uh, so she became a member and started maximizing each step in the process, learning as much as she could about business credit and how it worked. Well, her success story or Cinderella story, as you called it, is within 10 months, she had $750,000 of business credit just in the business name. Wow. Crazy awesome. And what did she do with it? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, Yay, I have <laughs> she, she went and uh, spent it all on black in uh, Vegas. No, uh, <laughs> she actually bought a new semi uh, in the business name. No uh, personal social security number given. Uh, she put a new roof on her building that she was renting and actually went ahead and bought a um, new office space for her trucks because obviously her uh, business is growing. Now, uh, you said credit cards, but you know what? One of those uh, lenders that she was using and maximizing was a fuel card. How many business owners are using fuel cards? She had a $50,000 line, which, you know, it seems like a lot to most of us. But when you're running semis down the road every day, I remember my dad used to run semis and it was at 99 cents a gallon. This is probably dating myself. <laughs> um, 99 cents a gallon for diesel. And he he'd fill up all four trucks. And spend about a thousand dollars one stop and then stop. have to do the same thing the next day so <laughs> in some cases twice a day awesome so that brings up a great point though is it is it now 
I think it's an important conversation here too, is the difference between a credit card, a fuel card, a, um, a term uh, loan, a, and anything else that kind of is accessible through this. Like what, what is accessible through this? And what are we really talking about? Wow. Um, what is accessible to you? Um, new equipment financing, vehicle financing, uh, accounts receivable financing, 401k financing, securities financing. So there is, it opens up an absolute enormous door of opportunities for your business so that you never run into those cash flow casualties. Um, because let's be honest, most of the trades industries that I'm talking to right now say prior to COVID, their accounts receivables when it was anywhere from 30 to 60 days. Now they're saying anywhere from 90 to 120 days. Actually, I just talked to a, a guy um, the other day and they're at, they're at 60, but he's carrying $150,000 of accounts receivables for 60 days. And he was in the cash flow country. Right. Wow. And, so, and does kind of transportation issues and things like that, is that what is affecting that? Or do we know kind of what's going on with that? Well, you know, um, they have uh, been in business for 23 years and um, they have all always done it on the owner's personal credit and they are, they can't get past $900,000, which is phenomenal. The fact that they've been in business for 23 years and they've done it on his personal credit. So he's got to have really good credit. <laughs> I actually pulled his business credit report and he's got uh, a score and got up to $36,000 of business credit already reporting. So once he becomes a member, now granted that's most likely tier one or tier two on the uh, credit rating, as long as we get him on the paydex score above 70 or 80 that's like having a personal FICO score of 750. And, you know, if you've got a 750 personal FICO, everybody wants your business. <laughs> awesome. So for somebody that doesn't know what any of these things mean, can they go to you and get a credit report? And does that affect any of their other things that they got going on? No, they can uh, come to me. Let's uh, set up a one-on-one -on -one virtual conversation or virtual coffee, as I like to call it. And I can pull a business credit report usually within 24 to 48 hours. And it doesn't affect you. You don't, anybody can pull your business credit report. It's about a $50 charge per credit report, but it's public knowledge. In fact, I'm talking to a guy that uh, does a lot of work for uh, government contracts here in the U.S. And I asked him that question because I read an article on LinkedIn about some of the government contracts will pull your business credit to decide between one or two bidders on who they should give the job to. Another advantage of having business credit built up. And, well, and and that would totally make sense to me because they're, <laughs> they're gonna have to do a lot more due diligence. And if you want a government contract, you're gonna have to do a lot more than just have a website <laughs> and your name with a public address on it. That was awesome. So what are some of the problems other than we mentioned not being able to get contract government contracts because you don't have the system set up, um, not being able to get the loans for the cash flow. Are there any other kind of issues that somebody might be facing that they're thinking, oh my God, Todd, I need to talk? They don't have it. A lot of the times it's access to capital. You know, um, let's be honest, it's either capital and credit uh, that is killing their cash flow or just purely they don't have enough jobs or clients. 
okay, well, let's, let's have a conversation. I can't help you get the clients, but I might know somebody like Michelle that uh, can help you uh, start getting some clients. So, you know, it's not a matter of uh, just building your business credit. It's a matter of, Hey, I'm here to help the small and medium-sized business owners throughout the U.S. And so are the other uh, regional managing partners that are with JGAL. So what if somebody has kind of good credit rating right now or they're they're running off their personal credit and, and they're doing just fine? Well, you know, Michelle, the nice thing is, is once you become a member and we start building your business credit, we can actually take uh, that business debt that's on your personal credit right now and roll it into your business. So we offload it out of your personal credit, which of course is going to help your personal credit, but also is going to build on your business credit. So just because it's on there right now, let's offload it and get it working for you. And I think you bring up a great point there because I know a lot of businesses when they first start off, it's like they have a credit card <laughs> and that credit card not only buys their food and their groceries and, you know, the dog food, it also, you know, can run payroll. So what is, what are some of the things that somebody can do right now before you say they book their appointment with you and they can't get in until three days from now, what can they do right now to be able to start kind of differentiating, differentiating between this is business and this is personal? Just, you know, uh, most of them are doing it just because they have to, like yeah. you're talking about, they have to use their personal uh, credit card to pay for business expenses just to keep the doors open. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you can start looking at what's going on there on business and start filing it and let's start uh, keeping track of it so that when you get your business credit uh, built up, we can offload that and we know exactly what to offload onto your business credit and start making it work for you. And when I say make it work for you, so there again, like we were talking about, the more you use, the more they give you. Well, if we offload that off your personal credit, now you're they're going to show that you're able to pay for more and they're going to give you more. But also now your personal credit's not tethered to your business. And now you can buy a house, buy a car and do some of those freedoms that you're not stressed about. Nice. Because I know initially when we started, it was a matter of kind of getting a two person credit card. So, you know, the credit card is initially in one person's name, get the second one in in this case, it was my business partner in life and business. And then that way we knew whatever was on his statement was business and whatever was on my statement was personal. So it just had two different ways of doing it. I'm not saying people, I'm not saying go do that right now. <laughs> I'm saying go and talk to Todd and get that happening. Just it, there are ways of separating it so that you know, and then you don't have to go through a whole arduous process of trying to figure that out. Because uh, sometimes it can be uh, shades of gray and... And sometimes people report things personally that they should be reporting in business anyways. So just go talk to Todd, get that appointment booked as soon as possible. I would just say on that note, Michelle, just reach out to me. Obviously, uh, you can reach out to me on any of the three means. I'm going to have a conversation with you. And it's not a one size fits all, but anybody that's got a corporation it's only going to benefit your corporation to build your business credit. So let's just have a conversation and see where you're at. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So if somebody is looking to have that initial conversation with you, how did they start that journey? What did they do? You can get a hold of me uh, through uh, my email. It's www.tmiller. Actually, my website, uh, www.jgall.io 
forward slash T Miller is my website. <laughs> we will definitely that, have that in the show notes. <laughs> say that three times fast. And, right. <laughs> or you can call me on my direct number is 208-871-0947. And that's my direct cell. Um, or just email me at tmiller at jgold.io. Love it. Oh, love it. So uh, peeps, we will of course have Todd's links in the show notes. So go ahead and click on those, open them up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So Todd, at what point in life did you know you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? You know, that's a, a funny story because my dad had opened and ran three different businesses. And I always thought, you know, he was crazy because he worked all these crazy hours. And when I started my uh, tools and safety business, I was like, oh, you know, this is so great. I run my own business. And I quickly found out that I'm wearing the uh, accountant's hat. I'm wearing the office manager's hat. I'm doing all the hiring, the firing, you name it. And I was like, ooh, this isn't so great after all. I'm working more hours now as a business owner than I was as an employee. So, um, but I, I enjoy it. I really do. My goal is to try and rescue as many small, medium-sized business owners throughout the U.S. as possible, because if we rescue a business owner from personal guarantee, then how much stronger does it make our individual communities? Right. I, I think that now is a time when more so than ever, entrepreneurs need to get together and rally together, support each other, get rid of this idea of competitive competition and killing the opposition, start building each other up because... Uh, I personally, I think that entrepreneurs are going to save the world. Uh, you have to understand so much about so many things and understand your own intestinal fortitude, what you're made of, and how to help other people. So, I'm gotta right have there a support group. Gotta exactly. have a support group, and that's why I say, you know, whether or not you want to grow and scale your company and start building business credit or not, maybe you need somebody that's going to help you. Um, get some more leads, you know, like yourself, or you need somebody that is good at websites. I just talked to another uh, client this morning before I came on your show. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing a special right now on website uh, developing. So, you know, it, it's not a matter of what you know, it's who you know. And, you know, if we're all working together and rowing together, we're going to be stronger and we'll be able to weather the storm. Love it. Let me ask you this. I didn't ask you this. Is there any disadvantage to increasing your business credit rating? No. Okay. So anybody and everybody should be calling you no matter what <laughs> to go in, at least check out what's going on. And if not to build it up, because one, the best time to get credit is when you don't need it. And two, <laughs> having a community when you do need it, it's paramount. Having an insurance uh, for when you do need it is Im important for sure. And, you know, just because you apply for the credit doesn't mean that you have to use it. You know, you, you have access to that credit and capital for when you do need it. And that's uh, one of those things that any corporation, S Corp, C Corp, and even nonprofits can build business credit on their EIN. I love it. I have a... <laughs> crazy dog behind me right now uh, but you've been absolutely awesome do you have any last words for our peeps let's just have a conversation you know it doesn't have to be scary wall street's done this for hundreds of years uh, and i'm trying to bring it down to main street so that main street can actually uh, receive the same benefits that wall street's received for hundreds of years and they don't want you to know
I'm here to tell you we're industry disruptors and I will tell you. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I, well, and you've been a fabulous. Thanks for having me on, Michelle. I love it. And I love uh, our conversations. Peeps, thank you for being here with us today. This is Michelle Nedelec. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.